great seeing you, Dominic. You know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say you need to talk to Dominic Carter because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows. And I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning. All evening long, I have been trying to find the correct words. I'm still searching for them. 22-year-old police officer shot dead. As we speak, as we speak, literally, right now, this hour, live, another cop clinging to life. The suspect killed after this shooting in, in Harlem, a domestic disturbance. But I just received something that may be a game changer in terms of handling this case. And it may be an indication that change maybe is on the way as it relates to Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. A statement that is out tonight from the Attorney General of New York State, Letitia James. Remember, she can supersede basically any district attorney in the state. And her people made sure that we receive this statement. I am going to read it to you. It's very short, but it is extremely important. The Attorney General says all of New York State is in mourning tonight. As we await the facts, here's the important part. My office may assert jurisdiction in this matter. In other words, the State Attorney General is putting tonight, right now, at this hour, the Manhattan District Attorney on notice that she may take control of this case. I don't know when this would happen, how it would would happen, the preliminaries, but it's very interesting from a political point of view. As I told you folks, the governor, and, and this could be a game changer in terms of this horrible situation that the city of New York is dealing with tonight. And what I found interesting, and coming back into work, because I appeared uh, at 5 o'clock with our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, on his show, 5 to 6, Cats at Night, and this happened just minutes later. When I left from appearing on Mr. Katsimatidis' show, I was on top of the world to get home and find out what had happened. And in coming back to work tonight, along the entire FDR drive, the police are near almost every entrance 
And as of 11 p.m. tonight, they had the entrances closed down. So I, I don't know what's the reason for that, but it, it is interesting. And their, their lights were on. And you and I are going to talk this hour about what has happened. It's horrible. It's horrible. And like I said before, this district attorney, bad timing to to come forth with this uh, novel experiment, if you will. Bad timing. But the good news, the good news, folks, I'm holding the statement in my hand. The attorney general of the state of New York, Letitia James, says her office may assert jurisdiction in this matter. Now, as of right now, there's no official reason for her to step in except for maybe she sees the handwriting on the wall of the damage that this district attorney has done. I can't directly blame him for these two police officers being shot tonight, but he made a climate where these animals think that they are on equal par with the NYPD. It's as simple as that. A 22-year-old police officer is dead tonight, gone. One of the other responding officers clinging to life, fighting for his life. Two NYPD officers, three responded. One, a rookie with just over a year on the job, a year on the job, shot while responding to this domestic disturbance call between a mother and her adult son. And apparently the man had barricaded himself in a, uh, a bedroom, in a one-bedroom apartment. In Harlem. And we are being told the entire deadly incident was captured on the police officer's body camera. This happened about 6.15 tonight. Three officers met the woman, a correction officer, in the living room of the one-bedroom apartment, and she directed them to a bedroom where she said her son was. And I, I see, I see, I see all of your calls. We're going to them in just a second. Just bear with me, folks, please. So, as two of the three police officers approached the bedroom door, according to authorities, it swung open and several shots were fired, striking them. The son passed the fallen officers and was shot twice in the arm and in the head by a third officer who was standing near the apartment door. The suspect later died. The suspect died. The suspect is identified as LaShawn McNeil, 47 years old. Of course he has a long record. 
goes without saying. A criminal record. A Glock pistol with an extra, extra large magazine that had been stolen in Baltimore in 2007 was recovered from him. He was on probation. And no matter how you look at this, the district attorney, and this is why this is why I've been telling you folks for weeks that this nonsense has to stop. The mayor that was at Harlem Hospital tonight had left a, a community event for the one-year-old baby that was the 11-month-old baby that's one now that was shot in the face. Today is Saturday in Puerto Rico. It's the funeral of the 19-year-old girl that was shot in Burger King. These officers were the third and fourth officers to be shot in the line of duty this week. The third and fourth officers to be shot in the line of duty this week, according to the police department. Five shootings of an NYPD officer in just three weeks. We're only a little half the month of January. Five. Five officers. Let's start with your telephone calls. Dominic Carter here with you on this very sad night. 800-848-WABC. 800-848-9222. Let's start with um, with Linda. Linda's calling from Long Island. Good morning, Linda. You're on the Dominic Carter Show. Hi, Dominic. I am so angry because when this broke tonight, the first thing they said was his mother was a corrections officer, yes. and he stole the gu- her gun. Now, I want to know responsibility. She's a corrections officer. He was on parole. She knows about him. She knows about his record. Now, why wasn't that gun locked up? It's supposed to be locked up. She's well, a corrections officer. Yes. Instead of them reporting, oh, he got the gun somewhere on the street, oh, it's something else, some other tell You know, it, it reminded me of that case in Connecticut when the mother gave the nutcase son the gun who shot up the school. Mm-hmm. There's never responsibility for the people who are responsible. Linda, why wait. was she? Why did she let him get a gun? Okay, well, well, wait. Let's let's backtrack. First of all, uh, if it's a correction officer's gun, then obviously it's not stolen. So I I don't want to deal in something that I don't know as fact right now because I I have a uh, a theory that it may it maybe I'm wrong that it may involve two guns. She may have her service weapon, and then there's the gun that he had, right? But no matter what, to your point, no matter what the case may be, Linda, the moment that the officers responded to the scene, she should have said, uh, there was a call just in August with my son. He's a hothead. He's on probation, and, and this is a mess. She should have let them know what they were walking into instead of them walking in and being ambushed. Because that's exactly what happened to these cops tonight. And so, Linda, I, 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 I want to be very careful that I'm dealing solely in fact. And so, uh, obviously, the details are going to come out more 
over uh, over the next couple of days. If you are correct, uh, I, I cannot fathom that a correction officer would, would that her son would somehow get her gun and she would not let the officers know that he has my my service revolver. I really believe, and and I'm speculating as of right now because we don't have the full facts. This is all a a a moving situation that this this uh whatever you want to call him had a gun uh and I don't believe that it that it was his mother's uh a service revolver but I do believe Linda to your point and I thank you for the call that she should have informed the officers right out right at the door what they were dealing with what they were dealing with Robert in Brooklyn also has a question as it relates to the gun, I believe. Good morning, Robert. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yeah, good morning, uh, Dominic. Thanks for taking a call. My question was right along the same lines as the call that you had just responded to. And I bring it up for a reason, for obvious reasons, that the mayor harped on gun control and he let, gave everybody the impression that the revolver that was used or the uh, weapon that was used that injured these two officers was stolen, blah, blah, blah. Right. Okay. And, 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 so, and, 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 and against the fire report of the. Um, the mother and her service revolver. Right, but but and that's but that's what I'm talking. But wait, Robert. Wait, Robert. Robert. Mother, Robert catch your breath. That's what I'm trying to explain to you, that I believe tomorrow we will find that possibly there were two weapons, one illegal that was used to kill this police officer, this 22-year-old police officer, and another officer fighting for his life as we speak right now. I fear that at any moment that I may have to say that this second officer didn't make it. That's what we're dealing with. And so if if it was the weapon, and who knows, we'll, we'll find out more a, a bit later on today, if it was the weapon belonging to the uh, mother correction officer. And again, I do not believe that's it because her weapon would not be an illegal gun that was that came from Baltimore. But we'll see, Robert. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Let's go to uh, our friend David, who's calling from Los Angeles, California. Good morning, David. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Well, first of all, based on uh, Letitia James making her announcement, I'd like to ask you seriously, is it possible she's planning on running for governor? No. um, You know, a a statement like tonight, uh, it it could open the door. But I I strongly believe, David, and and this is not really the time to talk about politics and running for office. But but I will answer your question. I really believe that Kathy Hochul has scared away any of her competitors with her strong standing in several polls. She's ahead by 30, 40 points in every poll from Letitia, over Letitia James to over uh, Bill de Blasio as mayor. I don't think that's it. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if the attorney general reached out to the governor and the governor said, I can't deal with this right now, but you can. Something is going on. Something yeah, is going sure. on. 
I'm skeptical when I hear a politician like Patricia James make a statement like that. That's what I think is behind it. Now, it would have been a nice opportunity, tell me if you agree, for Mayor Adams to say, well, on a night like tonight, I'm going to reinstitute the stop and frisk. Because I'm sure that guy, when he leaves his apartment, doesn't leave the gun on his shelf. I'm sure he carries it with him, like most of these people. So perhaps that. And finally, I'd like to say that there's a call now for the governor to replace D.A. Bragg. And it's a smart thing to say, and it's what needs to happen. But Dominic, between me and you, let's face it, there's no way the first white lady put her moving the first black D.A. David, um, uh, I, I've been saying that for for about a week here on uh, WABC. So your your assessment is correct. Kathy Hochul is on the verge of being elected in her own right, going down in history forever as the first woman governor of New York State. She's not going to touch any of this. She issued a statement, you know, as you would expect as the governor of the state. She has to. Uh, one police officer dead, another fighting for his life, a number of cops, the third and fourth officers to be shot in the line of duty this week. This week, and the fifth shooting of a New York City police officer in three weeks. And here we are, and it's only, what, January 22nd? So I don't, I don't think that the governor is going to get involved, but um, I do believe that um, Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan District Attorney, his tenure has already been too poisoned for him to effectively serve as Manhattan district attorney. I don't see it. There is no recovery for Mr. Bragg. He had nothing to do with these officers being shot, but the argument is going to be is that he poisoned the well. And now these criminals believe that they can walk around and do anything. Thank you for the call, David. Dominic Carter here with you on this very, very sad night in terms of uh, what happened in Harlem. I've got to take a break. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And our breaking news tonight, folks, an NYPD rookie cop was shot dead. Another officer clinging to life after being ambushed during a domestic disturbance call Friday evening in Harlem. The slain officer, just 22 years old, and started on the job in 2020. The gravely injured cop, 27 of age, joined the force in 2018. Earlier, he was undergoing uh, surgery and one of the cops was shot in the face. The officers are among four cops, four shot in the line of duty just this week. More than 100 cops surrounded the new mayor, Eric Adams, in the uh, hospital lobby as he updated reporters on the shooting Let's go back to your telephone calls, 1-800-848-WABC, 
877-867-1670. Let's go to uh, Jason in Brooklyn. Good morning, Jason. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Uh, hey, Dominic. How are you? I have to say I, I was calling in for Rita at first, but I was I, – I've been listening to your show, and you make more sense to me than everybody. And, like, one of the things that always, like, uh, catches me is the catch and release thing. Isn't that for fish and game? That's not for police and, like, living in the city. When you say catch and release, Jason, because my mind, I have to be honest with you, I'm uh, my mind right now is up at Harlem Hospital with that police officer yeah, fighting for 100%. his life. So when you say catch and release, what are you talking about specifically? Uh, when I say catch and release, I'm talking about like Stop the, and frisk? Police department, the police department doesn't even have the authority to do their job. Like they catch somebody that they know is, is like has a violent crime. Mm-hmm. They, I they put them now. through the system. And then what happens? Like, 12 hours later, they get fingerprinted, they go in the tombs, or if they're in the city, and then they come out, and they're out. You're correct. Unfortunately for the two police officers that it had to come to this, but this may be the turning point. This may be the turning point. I, I I I hope this is something that will change. Because here it is, a Friday evening, and now the entire city must prepare to bury a police officer. And, and young kids. And, and, and young yes, guys. Yes, 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 yes. And it, it has to stop. It has to stop. I, You know, the progressives, I, tonight is not the night for, for that. But, but the political rhetoric, it has to stop. It has to be about law and order. I'm not about viol- violating someone's civil rights. But I am a strong supporter of stop and frisk. It has to happen. And, and, well, and, and you, you never you know, know who you're dealing with. That's right. You know? And, and, and like, Jason, how, Jason, how, let, let me just make this the, point. I, I don't mean to Monday morning quarterback, right? Right. But right. let's say the suspect that is dead, if he knew there was stop and frisk, right? And let's right. say it's not his mother's gun that was used in this. You think he would walk around the streets? With, with a gun on him, knowing that at any – the police precinct uh, up in that area, it's not far from the Schomburg Library, the police precinct is only a couple of blocks away. Do you think okay. that, that, this, that this person that is now deceased, that he would walk around or have the gun on him if he knew that they were stopping Frisk? No way. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. And so, you know, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes Jason – and, and I'm searching for the words, and I'm struggling right now, to be honest with you. Sometimes no, sometimes in life you have to touch the fire a couple of times. And, and, and unfortunately, the get burned a couple of times. Right. Too, and unfortunately, think. it's at the expense of these officers. I mean, and we, the families. We, and, and, and the families, know. right. Right. And, and Jason, I thank you. I really thank you for the call. I, I, I am I am so afraid that at any point during this hour, as I said before, that I may have to announce bad news as it relates to the second officer that's that's fighting for his life. And why? Why? Because some loser that 
didn't get along with his mother and was probably lazy and didn't want to do anything in life. And now you, you, you took someone else's life. Now another cop is fighting for his life on a Friday night as we speak. Let's go to Joe. I believe Joe is a retired cop in the Bronx. Uh, is that correct, Joe? Yeah, how you doing, Dominic? Uh, it's kind of hard to talk because of everything that happened today. So, you know, we're so hurt today with uh, our brothers getting killed, and uh, it's terrible. But what I wanted to say was, um, you know, when I was a rookie, and this is in the early 80s, I was taught by old-timers, you never take anything from anybody on the street because you make it worse for the next guy, and it escalates. And eventually you may get a cop killed that way because they get more and more brazen. And something has – got to get back the anti-crime units out there, and you have to get back – you stop and fresh – stop question and frisk back out there again, too. It took a lot of guns off the street. So I, I don't know what he's talking about with the stolen gun. That's not going to stop it. The way to stop it is what I just said. It took the guns so far down with what was going on when we had those crime units out there mm-hmm. and to stop and uh, question and frisk. Well, well, Joe, let me just uh, inform uh, everyone. Uh, again, folks, this is a very fluid, ongoing situation. And there's been a correction as it relates to the uh, suspect. The suspect, the, according to the New York Times, is now not deceased. The suspect is in critical condition. That is according to the New York Times. So, again, Joe, this is a very fluid situation. So, Absolutely. So, so uh, how do you feel right now, Joe? I'm numb. I'm just so hurt. You know, we're all... Me and my brothers and sisters have been going back and forth on Facebook, you know, and we all notify each other. We've heard so many different accounts already. And all we could do is, you know, pray. It's gotten so bad out there. But like I said, when I was on, it was so different. And, you know, by him taking out uh, the DA, by him taking out the um, resisting arrest, that just makes them so brazen and bold, these mutts out there. Because... Yes. They can do, stand there and curse at you all day long. You cannot yes. do a thing. They can do anything. And that's what I mean also by uh, just, you know, if you don't stop that person, it makes it worse for the next cop and the next one and the next one, like with the water balloons. Right, right. And it, because I, I knew when it first happened, you know, folks thought it was so funny. Oh, the police interacting with the community. Look, they're throwing, they're throwing water on them. You're throwing water on our last line of defense. Exactly. In my, and in my day, we would have threw cuffs on him so fast and threw him in the car and took him away. It would have never happened again. And that would have been the right thing to do. But these Absolutely. cops these cops are so afraid that they're going to be second-guessed and that the political will is not going to be there for them and that they'll be thrown under the bus at any given point in time. So true. It takes a split second these people you know 
when I was working, I'd have someone, you know, you'd have a, a perp shot, and he'd be handcuffed there, and someone would come up to you and say, why didn't you shoot him in the leg? You know, right. you're watching too much right. TV. Right. It's a split-second right. decision. Joe, I, I learned that lesson the hard way. I want you to continue, but I I learned because I used to say the same thing. Well, you know, well, why, why shoot the kill? And then I learned once the NYPD sent me up to the academy that that police are taught across the country to shoot for the largest mass of body because exactly. because this is not this is not Hollywood and if you aim for a leg and you miss you may hit a little child or an old senior citizen so so just please elaborate on that Joe and then I'll move well, on yeah, yeah I didn't want to interrupt you to correct you but we're, okay. we're not trained to shoot to kill right we're trained what you had said and I, and I know you didn't mean it that way but we're trained to shoot at the biggest body part which is center mass which is a person's chest right so that's the way we're taught to shoot and it's just enough to stop the person right um you know when i got out we still had revolvers and these guys were carrying Glocks out there, and they had right. bulletproof vests on. Right. Uh, you know, and this is this is in the early nineties. Oh. So. Oh. It, it, it's got, and you know, another thing I was taught: these old timers would tell you, they'd say, "Hey, listen, treat a person with respect on the street," and that's how I always did. I treated a person as each individual, how I was being treated, and it was also because they would say, "Hey, listen." You may be getting your butt kicked one day, and someone looks out the window and goes, "Oh, that's Officer Joe. Uh, he's he's a rotten POSA. I'm gonna, you know, let him get his ass busted. I'm sorry and clap." Or, "Hey, that's that guy. He treated me with respect. Give right. me a break. Right. Let me make at least a phone call." Right. You know. Well, Joe, thank you for your service, and you're you're retired now. Thank you for enlightening us uh, about the uh, role of a police officer, considering you did it for so many years yourself. Thank you for for that for that uh, call, Dominic Carter. Here with you on this very sad night: two police officers shot. One is dead, 22 years old, a domestic disturbance call between a mother and son in Harlem. The other officer is fighting for his life. Uh, It has been widely reported that the suspect died. Okay, I'm I'm not I'm not understanding. Okay, so what we're going to do is is take a break when we come back. I'm going to go to Jennifer from Boston, and we'll have more of your telephone calls on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And with us now, now, Dominic Carter. Let's see you acknowledge a man whose words make your blood boil, who's standing center stage and advocating at the top of his lungs that which you would spend a lifetime opposing at the top of yours. Dominic, I want to say, when we started calling around in uh, New York City last week to find out who would have their finger on this story, you were the person who was most often mentioned, and that's why we asked you to be with us this morning. So what do you hear? What do you know? How is this thing going to come out? Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
the sounds, the uh, police transmission of what happened tonight. And the police commissioner uh, announcing that the suspect who is dead, he's dead, without warning, opened fire on the police officers. He was fatally shot. You just heard a little bit of the audio recording. And at some point you didn't hear it there. But you could hear the officers saying 1013, 1013, which means officers in need of immediate, immediate assistance. Stop everything you're doing that one of your brothers is in serious trouble and requires immediate backup. 1013, 1013, whenever you hear that on the uh, police radios. The unidentified, well, everybody's identified now. Let me, let me backtrack here. The officers are the fourth and fifth members of the NYPD to be injured by gunfire so far in 2022. It's just, and this comes after the situation uh, where an officer was shot during the drug bust on um, Staten Island. These officers were rushed to nearby Harlem Hospital. One was pronounced dead. The other officer is clinging to life as we speak. To our friend Jennifer in Boston, and I I think, Jennifer, correct me if I'm wrong, this is what you and I have been talking about, our fear of the climate that was being set and what could happen. Absolutely, Dominic. And I, I'm, I, after, forgive my voice, I, I've been crying. I'm just, I'm heart sick and I'm outraged at the same time. Um, and um, I talked to you when Officer Keona Hawley was uh, basically assassinated as she sat in her vehicle in, in Baltimore City. And I said, you know, the sad thing is, you know, this Dominic, there was no funeral coverage. There wasn't coverage of her shooting outside of Baltimore City. There was no coverage of her funeral, nothing. Um, but yet when Jacob Blake was grabbing uh, a knife to use on the police officer, he was shot and paralyzed. He was interviewed in his hospital room. How are you feeling, Jacob? I, I mean, by the, by the news, national news. There's something in, in this society has gone so upside down, um, when we are putting as martyrs people like Dante Wright and Jacob Blake and Michael Brown, all who put themselves, Dante Wright had shot a 16-year-old in the head and left him unable to speak or move. Um, but you don't hear that about him. And he was also using his, his car as a weapon against police. So my point is, why are these people martyred and put up in society? And there's such outrage when harm comes to them. But when these people, Dominic, these officers, men and women, who are the best and bravest amongst us, they're not all perfect, but God knows they go out there every day and put their best foot forward, 99.9% of them, and do good and face harm on our behalf. And when there is this brutality and this carnage brought to them, where is the collective outrage from our, the good people in society? That's what breaks my heart. Where is it, Dominic? There's silence. You and I talk about it on the radio, and I heard Rita talk tonight, and, and she said what I had said to you last night. Where are the massive protests? There better be, but, you know, sadly, I don't think there will be. It, it, because they just, it, we just take it now. We just assume it's somehow like it's normal. 
And I'll tell you, Dominic, my, my godson's a 31-year-old state trooper. He's a combat Marine veteran. And I know, I know, sorry, I know okay. what they put forward every day. And I know when he leaves his kids at home, his only mission is to do good on behalf of the citizens and then go make it home to his family. So my, my heartfelt gratitude to this fallen officer for his courage and his decency to do that job and, and for his family for their, their just unfathomable loss. My prayers are with them all, and I pray that this other officer will survive. But uh, please, people, wake up from your apathetic slumber. Do something. Use your voice for the love of God. Because if you think it's bad now and we let it go, Dominic, can you imagine what it's going to be like, you know, in a six months or a year? So I thank you for hearing me, as always. And, I, and I'm and i so glad you have Dolce to go home, too. <laughs> yes. And, well, it, it's, Jennifer, it, it, it's... um. It's a, it's a rough night. It's a, it's a rough night. And the reason why it's a rough night is because I'm just going to say exactly how I feel. Anybody with a brain could see this coming down the road from years ago. I mean, all you have to do is look at the photo of the dead suspect. And you can look at the photo and go, this is a bad guy. And what I'm what I'm thinking about, I thank you for the call, Jennifer. What I'm what I'm thinking about, Jennifer, as you're trying to hold it together, as I'm trying to hold it together here, is the weekend started for most of us. And just imagine this situation. Your twenty two year old son is a police officer in New York City or 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 or, or your husband or your boyfriend. And a police chaplain chaplain uh, arrives at, at your door tonight. Everybody knows what that means. And the conversation goes something like this. Something bad has happened. We need you to come with us right away. And they put you in a police vehicle. And under police escort with sirens, you're escorted to Harlem Hospital to find out that your child, your friend, your your husband is gone. There is no tomorrow. And if you're the other family, the chaplain, the NYPD chaplain knocks on your door. We, we we need to get you to Harlem Hospital right away. Oh, you know what, folks? I've got to take a break. I'll be back in just a second. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And I am back, folks, on this uh, very sad night. And uh, I started out the show uh, by uh, reading the statement from the Attorney General of the State of New York, Letitia James, and it is somewhat of a major development because it is it is basically a slap at the Manhattan District Attorney, and and she's basically putting him on notice. And the statement reads: All of New York State is mourning tonight as we await the facts. My office may assert jurisdiction in this matter. In other words, 
as the state attorney general, I may swoop in and take over this case. We are taking your telephone calls. Let's go to uh, Risa calling from uh, New York City. Good morning. And coming up at 1 a.m., Curtis Sliwa and the other side of midnight. He'll have much more on this shooting of police officers. Risa, go right ahead. Hi, Dominic. Uh, I blame the Democrat Party always. Uh, I start, Starting with Obama, Harris, Joe Biden, they're complicit with this. Where's Schumer? Where's any Democrat that atta- that uh, stands up for the police and uh, is not pro-criminal? They're, they're not. They, this is so dangerous. The Democrat Party is a threat to our security. Not the Republicans or Trump. It's the Democrat Party. Look at what they've done. Five cops now in one week, whatever it is, one cop is too much. We're so angry. And here Pete King, who we love, and Bo Deedle say, oh, Eric Adams is going to be great. He's a radical leftist Democrat. He's going to do nothing. Letitia James is going to do nothing. She's only fixated on Trump and his family, which is backfiring on Democrats. But it's the Democrats that have blood on their hands. They do. If you vote Democrat, you vote to kill cops. Well, That's the way we I, I, I hear you, and I thank you for the call. We, we all have blood on our hands. And the reason why we all have blood on our hands is we have tolerated this progressive nonsense. We have tolerated this defund the police. We have tolerated making thugs heroes while looking at police officers as zeros. And then we had the audacity to t- across the country to tie the hands of police officers. And then they, they're out doing their job on a Friday night and walk into an ambush. And the mother, in this mother-son dispute, the mother is a correction officer. And so, I, I mean... You, you don't want a second guess, and maybe maybe she did inform them, but the, the officers should have known. She should have told them the moment they arrived what they were walking into, that, this, that, this, that her son, that her baby was on probation. When you hear me make a long pause like that, folks, it's because I want to say something, but I, I, I can't. Because it'll get me in uh, in trouble. As I mentioned, uh, Curtis Leeway is uh, coming up next at 1 a.m. Let's go to Billy C. in Elmhurst. Good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yes, good morning, Dominic. I just wanted to let uh, you and everyone that's listening know that Facebook is taking down everything that we are putting up about the two police officers. You'll put it up. Maybe five minutes after you put it up, it's gone. Well, what what are you posting? What are you posting, Billy, about the police officers? About the one that was shot, and then the one that's in critical, right. and how we feel about them, and how we feel what the mayor should be doing about it, right? And why is it anybody doing about it? You know, right? Well, thank you, Billy, for the uh, call, and I I will take a look at that as soon as I'm done in just a couple of minutes. Let's go to our friend Stan in Forest Hills. Good morning, Stan. What's on your mind this morning? Uh. You know, this crime would have been committed whether there was a law or no law. This guy was going to do what he was going to do. He didn't give a damn whether there was a bail law or no bail law. I wish there wasn't a bail law, but he would have done it. 
The other factor that nobody seems to talk about is guns, guns, guns. This guy did it. He was no damn good. He's dead. Guns. Okay? Can we reduce the guns in New York trafficking in? I think the mayor has mentioned it in some cases. Stop and frisk. Stop and frisk, Stan. Let me tell you something. Uh, one, you know, I haven't heard the voice of what's his name. You know what I'm going to say, Sharpton at all. He has been dead silent. I was, I was waiting to hear him open his mouth, but of course he ain't going to talk now. But uh, guns are the problem. So it's like, hey, if someone pulls the trigger, we know that. But guns, how do we stop thousands upon thousands of guns getting into the city? But e- but e- but even if you stop the gun stand, oh, no, somebody pulls the that's trigger. That's right, and and, that, and that's no, not, not that's not going to stop these animals from sucker Absolutely. punching people. The other thing and- is, the other thing is, my friend. Uh, I am absolutely. I'm, I think you're definitely wrong about the governor. I think she is now under the microscope. The, and we spoke about this. The attorney general, I said, would take some action she needed to, if not her, the governor. And here's the other thing. I think this is a big opening. I know you want to talk about this is a big opening for the Republicans. They can come up with uh, somebody, or even Tom Swazi, who I mentioned. You even she's that thirty point lead will evaporate tomorrow or the next day. I'll now, that you. that could happen. Stan, oh, it, I, that will happen. If I, she I, 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 I have to step in because I only have seconds left on on this horrible, horrible night. One police officer dead, another one fighting for his life. The suspect dead, a domestic disturbance call in Harlem. We will have much more on this this weekend on WABC. Coming up right now for the very latest on this situation and a lot more, Curtis Lewa. I'll see you folks again Monday night, same time, same station, Talk Radio 77 WABC. Have a great morning, folks, as good as possible.